We're just trying to change the world here, people. Oh, really? Bad idea. As if you didn't have enough bad ideas already, welcome back to a really Radio 146, recorded now Sunday, February 26, 2017, where we dismantle the current events for your entertainment through mostly rational conversations that make you go, oh, really? I'm still your host, Andy Cowan, and I still have Amber Besecker and Daniel Atherton. And boy, are we getting salty. Salty. Oh, good one. heavens, bookshelf zombie. Daniel, I'm just going to start making a folder of just gifts of your reactions. <laughs> okay. Okay, Internet. Bring it. Bring that'll, it to me. That'll be fantastic. Bring it to me, zombie. That'll be fantastic. We're, we're all, we, we got the videos. We're out there waiting By for it to means, happen. Put, put, put a cavalcade. You can start, you know. Yeah. Trying it's going to be a whole album. Put them into feeds. A whole album of me facepalming. So just, just reaction gifts. Nice. It'll be wonderful. I'll My put, face win. <laughs> put them all up there. Okay. <clears throat> so, if we make mistakes, please call us out on them. Send us an email at oreallyradiopodcast at gmail.com or phone it in at 470-222-6759. If it's truly entertaining, I will play it on the air. Um, so, the, um, the Democratic National Committee, the, the party, the opposition as it were, the blue team has decided uh. on their new chair. So let me go get the margarita. Uh, can mm. you can you prepare the glass for me, Amber? Yep. <laughs> you tell us glass. You mean the shotgun? Yeah. <laughs> you, you want me to read this shit? Go, go ahead and apply the salt to the rim of the glass, please. <laughs> Former Labor Secretary Thomas E. Perez was elected chairman of the Democratic National Committee on Saturday, narrowly defeating Representative Keith Ellison of Minnesota to take the helm of a still divided party stunned by President Trump's victory, but hopeful that it can ride the backlash against his presidency to revival. Not with this decision. The balloting, which carried a measure of suspense not seen in the party in decades, revealed that Democrats have yet to heal the wounds from last year's presidential primary campaign. Mr. Perez, buoyed by buoyed fuck off by activists most loyal to former President Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton won with 235 votes out of 435 cast on the second ballot which is important Mr. Ellison who was lifted primarily by the liberal enthusiasts of Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont captured the remaining 200 votes but that was only after he had pushed voting to a second round after Mr. Perez fell a single vote short of winning on the first ballot. He lost the first fucking time. So yep. they did it again until they got what they wanted. Wow, this definitely sounds... Does this not sound familiar? It sounds exactly like the DNC that we know and hate. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and guess who was chairing the event? Don Brazil, you know, that Hillary Clinton friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. After Mr. Perez's victory was announced, Mr. Ellison's supporters exploded in anger and drowned out the interim chairwoman, Donna Brazil, with a chant of party for the people, not big money. When Mr. Perez was able to speak, he immediately called for Mr. Ellison to be named deputy chairman, delighting Mr. Ellison's supporters. No, it actually didn't delight. Uh, seeing the video from the room, it it it, it didn't delight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no. Pretty much Ellison... Uh, talking from the microphone, we don't have the luxury to walk out of this room divided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking Ellison took the bullet. Yeah, taking like the Bernie microphone did. from Mr. Perez, Mr. Ellison pleaded with his fervent backers, please don't kill us all. <laughs> we need you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rehash uh, of what happened with Sanders having to come out and be like, guys, <laughs> please. It's this or the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Please vote this. Oh, crap, it's the end of the world. Yep. And uh, Trump's tweet in its entirety regarding this was, Congratulations to Thomas Perez, who has just been named chairman of the DNC. I could not be happier for him or for the Republican Party. Which about sums up... The sentiment. He he actually captured the moment. Mm -hmm. That is... I've said it before. <clears throat> you don't give the enemy what they want. 
this is what they wanted. Gift wrapped, even. Yeah, what? Why? Why? Showing the corruption by having two votes and stopping at the second vote when you got what you wanted. Best two out of three. Come on, let's go. Mm. Nope. Not even two out of three. Nope. Just on the second one, we got the result we wanted. Yeah. This stinks. Ah, To high heaven. Mm -hmm. To high heaven. Uh, So, what party are we now? It's not that... It's not there yet. It's not simple. It's definitely not a uh, way to go. No, the uh, the thing that can come out of this, and this was some of the speculation that was happening before the vote happened, is okay. Perez gets it. The twenty eighteen elections come around. Yeah. Democrats need to Democrats, pull. I think Democrats. Four seats. Democrats lose. What, what the projection is from 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 one prognosticator. Mm-hmm. The projection is with Perez at the helm. They need to hold on to twenty five, and gain sixteen. Well, well they, only, hap- they only need though to gain. I think it was four seats in the House. To actually, well, no, uh, four seats in the Senate to overcome the filibuster to uh, to maintain the filibuster. However, the Republicans have to gain eight seats to completely bypass it. But, I predict that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, which will happen. What, what the prognosticator is saying is that the Dems won't pick up a single new seat. And lose five. So the Republicans will pick up five. They won't get the eight. Hmm. They will get five. Well, um, I, and with I that, hope they're righter than I am. And with that result, you may actually see for the first time in a long time a breaking of the party. And we may get a third party. Mm-hmm. That's what this looks like to me. The precursor for yeah. uh, the real final splintering of yeah. actual progressivism versus the democratic establishment. Neoliberalism versus actual progressivism. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's, th- that's the ideological line here. It is. And, and you see that reflected in Perez and, and Ellison beautifully. In that Perez is is a you know a staple of the the kind of uh, democratic institution that the DNC and the party itself have been uh, looking for, for uh, and championing versus Ellison, who um, was way more in line with uh, what Bernie was trying to get us all on board with. Uh, again, the in the the party mindset. Uh, at least of those who who are of the folks that voted for Perez and wanted Perez to be the DNC chair, the mindset is we meet, need to move more right to pick up the seats that we need. Mm-hmm. Their belief is, okay, we need to be just liberal enough mm-hmm. in order to be victorious. They want to be the dangerous moderates. That that's That's what they want. They yeah. want to be just liberal enough to win and maintain power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's in, the ideology. In in our good episode, um, the good ideas episode, we <laughs> <laughs> boy did we prog- prognosticate about a few things there, but we definitely kind of ran down about how we have come to here uh, and how moderatism is super dangerous. It, all in it's, all, it's not. It's not just dangerous. It's also a seeding of, of the moral high ground. It really is. And if you want to energize a base, yeah. you have to have big ideas and not just be trying to maintain. And what it's going to anyone, lead to – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyone who follows sports – 
and and us Americans, we love our sports. Goes especially in American football, or for all of you foreign viewers, hand egg. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyone who sh- who can tell you that when you're up in the fourth, but all the other team needs to do is score twice and they win, you don't just put your foot off the gas and go full D. Because trying to just <laughs> make, go full D. If you're just trying to maintain the lead, you <laughs> will lose. You have to crush them. And you do that by not seeding the lead. You don't go small. You go big. Big ideas win the day. And what we're also looking at is um, American stagnation. Uh, What a lot of progressives are calling for are policies and, and laws that would put us on par with the rest of the developing world, like with, with other first world countries, you know, um, as opposed to, Hey, way on here. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. And, and whereas the Republicans want to roll us backward, these moderate liberals, uh, want us to just kind of make the smallest amount of progress possible that it, it, it's not going to be enough. It's going to see us just, not but moving. It, but it's just good enough for those that have the money to participate. Exactly. Exactly. And w- something else I wanted to mention from uh, the New York Times article that we've been reading from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Uh, okay, so Mr. Perez's allies said they had enough votes to win on the first val- ballot. But a single committee member somehow missed the vote, and that's why they had to do it again. No. Ah, it's fishy. smells like bullshit to me. Just a single? One person Mm -hmm. wasn't able to attend? Mm -hmm. According to them, they somehow missed it, so it was only fair that they hold it again. Uh, right. Right, yeah, sure. Um... Alex out in our Facebook chat uh, says that it's it's the after party. Yeah, um, that's a that's a great name for a party. The after party, especially yeah, in politics. No. You 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 need progressive ideas. You need to energize the base. The reason why the Republicans are in such control, they're they're myriad, but one of them is they pay attention to down ticket races. Oh yeah, they energize their base. They actually talk to the people. They show up, not anymore, but they showed up for the campaign. One of the reasons why Hillary lost was she didn't really make public appearances. She didn't press the flesh, and she didn't actually outline ideas. She was just like, my opponent is a moron. He's evil. And that was it. And she didn't make herself available Unless you had paid five thousand dollars oh, yeah. for a plate yeah. and a meal, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, uh, definitely none of the none of the grassroots kind of thing. Um, and, and yeah, and liberal elitism definitely exists, and that's something that the more progressive portion of the Democratic Party, as it stands now, are not on board with. That's something no. that they abhor. You need to engage people. People, especially now, since. There is such a lack of understanding of citizenship or a willingness to participate or a feeling of civic duty. Mm-hmm. There is such disillusionment that if you want to actually get things done, you need to engage people, not donors. Mm-hmm. Donors help. That's what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But you need to talk to the people. And no one wants to do that on either side of the aisle anymore. So if you all you have to do, really, if you want in the lead up to 2018, here's what you need to do. One, get on social media. That's step one. Step two, get a couple of angels. That's all you need. Not a lot. And then go to every single public event you can go to where they're voting for whatever position you're running for. 
Uh, you mean that's an, what you, mean you need? Angels like the uh, like the the investors, or angels like the Hell's Angels? A couple bikers, you know, if you brought them with you, that might work too. <laughs> you need a few people who <laughs> you need a few donors because unfortunately, we really need campaign finance for. But all you need is to convince a couple of people who have some deep pockets to go. Yeah, I'm your candidate. Here's why. And don't sell your soul. Mm-hmm. Actually, stick to your guns. Stick to principles and going here. What 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 is it that you want? Does that fit with my ideals? No. Let me convince you why I'm right. Yeah. The problem is finding those people that actually have the same ideals and are willing to buck the write system. Yeah, to to write the check. Because yeah. you know what, I would run. I would absolutely run, but I don't have the money to do it myself. I do not. I cannot self-finance a campaign. Yeah, that's what. You, but yeah. for, first, step one is social media. Having having a bully pulpit in which to reach out to folks and to have yeah. a name. Um, I don't. You know, I don't even th- social media though it it helps. It, it helps, but I don't think that's where it is. I don't think that's where it is. You know, social media is a very fickle thing. You can get people to maybe, using their Facebook credentials, sign a petition. If you're courting the more progressive lot, you're going to need a social media presence. Yeah, you will and have to have it. Absolutely. To grow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is easy to grow it once you start pressing the flesh. Mm-hmm. Once the yeah. mu- but 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 again, as I said, first is social media. Step two is getting somebody to believe in you who can sign the check. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's step two. Step three: press the flesh. You gotta get out there, make yourself available, answer questions, put out your agenda and your plans. Have plans, actual, outlined, detailed plans. Not I have the best plans. Yeah, it's Trump, a secret plan. Trump didn't have plan. to. Trump didn't have but, to. <laughs> But no, people will vote for somebody who has an actual platform. I I will agree with you when I see people actually vote. I know. I know. That was harsh. That was maybe harsh. Didn't mean to shut you down quite that hard, but it's true. Now, what what this is going to do, and Trump knows exactly what this is going to do, just like he knew what it was going to do last time. It's going to cause a schism, another irreparable one probably within the democratic party mm-hmm. uh which will hamstring it further and i'm already seeing that the people who crowed about get over it hillary won last time are now saying the exact same things this time and i'm like all you're doing is contributing that's it that's all you're doing you're making it worse yeah when you keep telling half of your fucking base or or whatever the the number is yeah that a good percentage yeah they have to sacrifice their ideals for your candidate or your version of the greater good yeah you're you're going to alienate them we, that's it we it, as americans well, burn you, cities to the ground for our yeah. ideals mm-hmm. no the the, the, <laughs> that's the thing big we problem do. problem is is there's a, there's a number of issues here. One of them being in, in that part of the party that the idea is just to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to consolidate power. And that's why they're going, get over it. Because in their minds, all that matters is having the butts in the seats and having the votes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what is sacrificed. That is all that matters is maintaining power or grabbing more of it. The ends justify the means. It's a very Machiavellian oh. principle. Oh, yes. yes. And it's because they feel – and for those people who are in that place, a lot of them weren't originally, but they feel like they are been pushed there mm-hmm. by the Republican voter and the lost moderate yeah. This 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 idea of the lost moderate. 
Also, a lot of these people that are now in power that are making these decisions will never actually be affected in any way by the decisions that are being made. Correct. Also, they're, they're in order to try and court that lost moderate yeah. and make the people who sign the checks happy, yeah. they're going, yes, we'll get progress, but you're aiming too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I, I heard consistently from um, Hillary supporters yes. back before the primaries. It's like, well, no, was, 15's too much. No, too much. No, try for 12. 15's the, the, too much. The, yeah. the, the fight for 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are fully, fully behind Bernie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, in my opinion, aren't ambitious enough, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to go for 15. Yeah. Hillary wanted 1250. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going, no, if you're actually adjusting for inflation, mm-hmm. what, what the rate should be is a little over 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, 15's moderate. 15 is the moderate idea and trying to meet businesses halfway. Yeah. 15 is the moderate. It's the floor. That's why I'm going 15 ain't enough. I know how bargaining works. You say you want 22. Mm-hmm. You want to go yeah. above what is adjusted for inflation. So when inflation strikes, you're still good. You want above, not below, and then you get them at through yeah. compromise down to something like 17. Yeah. So, but that also, given our given our specific culture in America, I I don't think yes in in, in other situations that would have worked. I don't think it would have worked this time around because people were already thinking that 15 was too much. It's because that's what we've been told that's over and over and of, over and over. That's over the again. narrative. Yeah. yeah, this kind of goes back to my frustration and my firm belief that there's no coming back from this. Uh, what we've done, because not really, because it won't look the like culture. Yeah. yeah the culture that we have um, that we have instilled here in America, um, we're literally seeing that facts don't matter, and they haven't for quite some time. Numbers don't matter. What's happening outside of America doesn't matter. Feelings. Feelings are what's important, yeah. and you can't say something like. Well, we're fighting for 15 because look at these other countries where it's been implemented. Look at even Seattle where it's been implemented Mm -hmm. because people just go, no, that's just socialism or communism or whatever the fuck it is. They whatever buzzword they want to throw out there. And it's so easy for them to dismiss it. Yeah, it's and it's not just officials. It's not just politicians. It's a large subset of the American people. You know, it's definitely everybody that's ever listened to Fox News with regularity. Well, it's a huge portion of the the older middle class who are yeah. you know eroding more and more, but don't see see people know that there's a problem, and this was never more obvious to me than it was last weekend when I was actually having to talk to this demographic about things. They know there's a problem, but they don't understand or care about the root of the problem. They want to attribute that problem to whatever is most convenient for them to believe. They don't actually mm. want to know where the problem comes from. They don't want to actually know what would solve it. They want to do what they want to do. And it, it's right now, it's just anything that's anti-Democrat, anything that's anti, we're, we're almost in another well, like. An, well, it's, uh, it's anti-government. Um, you know, not real. It, it is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Like it's. They, they voted for a deconstructionist. People are happy when Ben said, "What you're seeing is deconstructionism," and people are cheering it. Well, yeah, but it's it's you. You are right, which is where the yes and the no comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what they voted for. But what they're getting is more government involvement in really terrible fucking ways. Um, whereas the things that we need government to do are, are are getting eradicated. Well, a Greenspan, Alan Greenspan, actually had a decent interview. Um, I think it was last week, um, where he goes um, in the political climate. What we're seeing is uh, an economic response 
to again the 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 holy grail, which is lack of productivity. We we have our product products stagnant here in the U.S. and throughout most of the West. Productivity has stagnated. Okay. And the reaction politically, since things aren't getting better, is to just scream out and go, just fix it. I just care about somebody who says they can fix it. Mm -hmm. Trump said he could fix it. Mm -hmm. Hillary didn't. Well, she she did. It's just that they didn't like... She didn't say she could fix it. She said, that guy can't fix it. Well, that I'm, was the narrative. There are, there are several times, because I, I watched the debates where she was like, we're going to fix this by doing this, and nobody gave a shit. I mean, literally yeah, using the that's because she's saying, we, not I. The people want someone to come up and say, I will fix it. And that goes back that's to how, how people want to be led. That that it, it, that's how populism happens. Is yeah. when you have somebody who is in pain, they just want someone to take care of it. That well, that, that's also that is the economic response, and that's what Greenspan was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's just pain not, management I don't, too. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but what's more frightening to me, and what I feel is the death knell, as far as like. How do we progress? Is is that facts don't seem to matter? Like it, it, they just don't. Yeah, it's, they don't it's post fact. Yeah, it um, for some reason they don't. They they don't like seem real. Can, they don't seem real to people. Right now, we can right now point to like at least five other countries where they have enacted things that are very similar to what Bernie Sanders was proposing or even more socialist and they're working and they're great and they're seeing improvements in all kinds of different areas and they're starting to exceed the United States in a lot of different areas but you tell people that and you show them the numbers and you show them the charts and they don't give a shit. Their response is something like well, that could never happen here. And you go, why? Why could it never happen here? Well, because this is America and it's just, it, we're too big. Uh, what? Like, that doesn't, that's, that's the too, not a it's fucking the argument. too big to well, fail part, mentality. Well, part of it is the narrative. Another thing, I, you know I love my history. Yes. And on the historical side of things, you, you have, going back to post-war Britain. Mm-hmm. They still were the great power. They still had the the great cachet. But after the war, they were in decline. Everyone else could see it but them. And that's where we are, where we are now. We're seeing the same kind of demagoguery. We're seeing the same kind of economic and infrastructure decline. It's the same thing. History is damn repeating itself, and no one seems to notice. Mm-hmm. No one seems to care. And that's why I'm going, this is and why I've been harping on the hegemon thing. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, it was Britain. And then World War II happened, and after the dust was finally settled, it came up U.S., I, I would love to be more coherent on my end about this. Um, it's it's a difficult. This topic. is something that's a it's a, it's a multi pronged issue. It's something that has been going on for a very very long time, longer than most people realize. This has been decades and decades oh, yeah. and decades in the making. Oh yeah. This is an issue with where we don't we simply don't have the education infrastructure um, at any fucking level to produce a populace who uh, big enough a, a portion of it who actually gives a shit um we've been fed misinformation and told in a very cult like mentality that you can't trust anything other than this min- misinformation that we're being fed because it's all lies um that misinformation that we're being fed is propaganda that is specifically designed to make us feel like there's an easier solution it's just hating the other guy enough um and, and deporting people and, and, and everything else in the the fucking Trump agenda. But I, I mean, it's a, it's going to be a generational problem that oh, yeah. we're going to see even after it. Millennials 
are great, but we're not, it's not like everybody else will die out and then the millennials are left and we'll suddenly have fixed this shit. No, studies have shown that by and large, we are just as racist as our parents' generation was. We haven't actually changed that much. We're better on LGBT issues by and large, but on so many other things, we're regurgitating exactly what we were taught, what we grew up with. And that is a huge, it's, it's easy quote unquote easy <laughs> to fuck with laws much harder to change the culture and well, how you change culture cul- is education right and, and that's exactly you... one of the things that the GOP is against yeah how do you do that when education is off the table and has yeah. steadily grown in price so that the only people who can afford it are the richest motherfuckers out there who are going to vote GOP like it's well, that's it's, part of the reason why you need a, as Bernie said, a grassroots movement. Right. You but need, what you is need, you need a bottom up? And absolutely. The, and the and here's the thing. Well, yes, people want to be led, and a lot of times, in argument, there are there's those folks that will never listen to reason. That 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 is a reality of American politics from the beginning. Okay, what you have to do is get a base energized enough because as we've seen time and time and time and time again, once you get people moving, once you get people talking, they will be swept up in the wave. The wave will crest and it will fly and it will come crashing down on those who do not want to see it or if the wave does not crest and it does not crash it peters out mm-hmm. it depends upon those who are willing to carry the flag to press the flesh to get people energized and have a plan and in theory you are absolutely correct do i think it's going to happen here at the very least my most optimistic prediction not anytime soon Remember when we used to laud people for being smart, like Albert Einstein? Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember and when he that was actually like has a, to do something with media. When he was like an, an icon. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. Now, um, now the everyman it, scenario has, has taken over. There's, there's a lot of Ouroborean-type cyclical machinations here where it's yeah. like – the media not reporting enough on the things that we should know about, but then the the the, the base who consumes the media is rewarding the media for not reporting on those things and for clickbait and for everything else. So really, chicken egg. What do we do? Well, part you know? of it goes. It, it's you are right, Amber. It has been a long, long time coming. You are absolutely precisely right. I, th- I think we've got a lot of the a lot of the analysis we've got. Um, we we kind of know why we're here at this point. Yeah. The real the, question, the, just to move the show along. Yeah. The fair real enough. question is, where the fuck do we go from here? There are a few options. One of them we discussed on the previous <laughs> show, which is leave. Mm-hmm. That but, that. But then that, then, that then we have the hegemony problem, where. Still, the United States is a world power, whether we mm-hmm. like it or not, and they will, and we will. I'm speaking they already, as in, you know, I'm I'm not with them anymore, but I'm still here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the United States will remain a, a large power, economically or not, because we also have the biggest fist. Yes, we it, have the and, biggest, and, fist and unfortunately, we also have now. And come on, no, really, we still have the biggest fist. Yeah, we have the biggest fist. I mean, for now, I, I know, but at mm-hmm. the same time, Donald Trump is already trying to increase the size of the biggest fist. That's the mm-hmm. thing; they want the military-industrial complex to continue to swell. They think mm-hmm. that we have somehow fallen to a second-class military. Yep, that was my dad's argument it's last like, weekend. Wait, where where are you even getting that idea from? We we are still Fox biggest News. than our than our next five allies, and they're still the biggest. You yeah, know, it's no, it's, the, it's absurd. However, it, 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 however, 
that will maintain our military superiority over everyone else because that's where all the money's going. Yeah, so, but so if you want to be a, smart a, in a, our culture, you have to build better weapons. You have to work for NASA that. and well, things like that. No, it, it, it's not just having the biggest fist. I understand, it, it, but that's it, what it's going to come down to, and it, it's going to be Donald Trump run Barter Town. No, I, I, I honestly don't think so. He, I know that you don't. I know. No, I, w- I want Daniel to explain because I yeah. think he and I are, are thinking the same thing right okay. now. Okay, the, the, then I'm being okay. devil, devil's advocate. Go ahead. Britain had the biggest fist. Mm-hmm. Britain cast fist every single day. They cast fist. They were the empire. They were the hegemon. Yes. They had, even when we came in, in World War One which was the beginning of the little bit of before the start of the decline or, or a little after, depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. They still had the biggest fist. What started to happen was an economic downturn and a brain drain. All that it takes for the hedge money to switch doesn't involve tanks or guns. It involves who's promoting the best, the brightest, who has the tech. Because, yeah, you got all those bombs. Those are sweet. But when we have a defense system that can just disable those, what does it matter? Yeah, but we don't have... There, there isn't one of those. What you're, Yet. What you're, yeah, but what you're talking about is... A complete sea change. There has to be that. That alone is another touchstone event, like the atom bomb. That is not going to come about. What what you're you're leaning on the economic side of it, and I completely understand that, and that is huge. That is enormous. However, we also are dealing with a businessman, and that's all he's really concerned with at all is the money. But. The policies that he's enacting are not going to be economically viable for the country. Right. And and if you want another comparison, look at Rome. Now, yeah, Rome maybe at the point that it fell was outclassed by the Persian armies, maybe. But they still, compared to who took them down, their their physical might was they were on the same fucking playing field. Well, Rome, but the Rome economic died from the economic toll that you know shitty people being in power and and uh taxes not being collected from the rich and everything else that's what took them down a cultural and economic decline is how yeah. you get a seat change yeah and and that's right. not even something where you had to worry about well the barbarians came with better technology no they didn't the, they came just running yeah. through the fucking gates and what did Rome do prior to that event? They they overstretched. They they spread themselves too thin. They were trying to Which, fight everybody and everything right. to prove their fucking military might. And Which is the same it, thing that America is doing right now, which is the same right. thing that Britain did. So, yeah, the analogies uh, do yeah. continue. But at the same time, the world of Rome and then the world of Britain, those were two different sized worlds. Because of the, the, the speed of communication and the speed of travel. We are now fast forward still, and communication is instantaneous. Around the globe. We can, yeah, ha- but- we can have a missile anywhere in the world in eight minutes. Andy, I have a question for you. Yeah. What nation's going to find fusion first? None of them. Because really? most likely we're going to blow ourselves to kingdom come before that. Here, here in, That's the problem. Here's another question, though. All right. So we've – let's just go with, you know, whatever timeline we're talking about here. We've got this – China, by the way. Re- China's going to find re- fusion before, before anybody <laughs> And China's the who hegemon. Right. Well, we've got this ridiculous Learn army. Mandarin. Right? Yeah. And, and the argument is that – the economic side of it may not matter so much in comparison to that, but it takes a stupid amount of money to run 
the military to get those ships out there to fuel them and our fuel resources they don't all come from america we're going to have to be paying money to other people to help move our military around and exercise some of that might. And if we don't have the economic stability to do that, it ain't going to matter a whole lot. Also, in order to have the, the best army, you have to have troops. And let's face it, we haven't been taking care of our vets. And people noticed. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a good time to be in the military. And if you have people who are dodging a draft, like let's say a draft order comes down because they don't have enough volunteers, if you have people who are draft dodging, I think that's something that for the first time you'll see in mass, like a really big portion of the population will get on board with that suddenly. Well, we do have at least, uh, thanks to the information age, secrets are not well kept. Obviously, no. since we have a, a, a very leaky White House as it is, and WikiLeaks and all all these things, all these things, the in, the information it, there's a great deal of history that, though it is informative, it is almost no longer relevant in many ways. We can learn from it, but it does not apply, and that's really hard for us. Because we are in an uncharted territory. What is going to happen? We don't know what's exactly going to happen. You know, we, we can look back at history, and we can look at the trend. And the overall trend, yeah, we seem to be going that way, but we're going that way in a, in a very different way. In a way that was unpredictable before. Right up until it happened... We shouldn't have had a Trump in the White House right up until it happened, and then it happened. None of that makes sense. None of this makes sense. We have very bad writers for the world. It's, it's very strange. Apparently, they didn't, they didn't pay any attention to all of history right before it, and they've thrown it all out because all of history says that this shouldn't be happening right now. I I I see this actually no no it, it makes with, sense that it makes sense that this happened what because other, what other how nations? we devalued education I know but I agree sure but that's devaluing education and that really hasn't happened before okay thematically like th- Andy thematically yeah. I agree with you in 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 the in uh-huh. the in the way that like America went to war against fascism and we've always prided ourselves you know thematically on freedom and all this other bullshit that we never actually gave a shit about. But in the actual mechanism of what we've done as a country, it it makes perfect sense. If you looked at the finer details, if you looked at the smaller picture beyond the propaganda, beyond the grandstanding and the things we said, if you look at what we actually did, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, we've been devaluing education right from the start. Yeah. We really have. Well, no, no, we we had a valuing of education in the fifties and and most of the way through the sixties. Well, a great a great Edu- deal of our education system was simply to have a a literate enough society that they could yeah. work in factories. Well, yeah. but it was, the, it was the built G- wrong to begin with. The, mm-hmm. the New Deal and the GI Bill. Those things helped helped put education into the hands of the populace. Part of it, that was because yeah. we were becoming the new hegemon, and, and the cultural factors at play pushed us towards valuing education. That's why Einstein was was as lauded as he was. Yeah, because but I... being smart made you a superstar because you could contribute to the movement of society. The, the, the Going to the moon, while based on a military principle, pushed us as a, as a nation forward for education. It made people dream about being scientists. Hmm. All right? Yes. We haven't pushed forward since. Tentatively... I agree with you, but I'd like to bring up a couple of things. 
Einstein was lauded the way he was because of what he contributed because, because of the time period. It was a time of war. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the scientists who worked on the Manhattan Project. And a lot of those scientists we kind of imported. Yeah. Not not a lot of them. Some of them were. Some of them were American. But we were still pulling from other countries even then because our education system had not churned out the same caliber of people that other countries had even at that point. And yeah, the look at you mentioned the space race. That was again another time of war. It was a cold war, but we only really value education when it can make us destroy something. In this country, I'm not debating that. Yeah, when 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 it it has big returns on investment, it's return on investment is what we're concerned with. And on the on the smaller scale, or, or you know, depending on how you look at it, the bigger scale. Yeah, a lot of kids did grow up wanting to be scientists or wanting to be astronauts or, or mm-hmm. what have you, yeah. but they were discouraged from doing so by the education system that's in place, by race institutionalized racism and sexism, and by their own parents, even if they were the straight white male. You know, what do you think you're better than us? Because there is, again, a culture in this country that makes up a, a, a staggering percentage of it that being educated beyond a certain point is well bad. I, I, I will I, give you that in I, I, the, the I Rust I got to counter that. I got to counter that because there's also an equal share that also take pride in that one person then going on to do something better than the rest of them. So doctors, that, lawyers. Yeah, it's like yes. I'm the first one in my family to go. My entire, you know, it was. It's very important to the family that they yeah. that they go. So there are those assholes that want to hold their children back because they don't want them to yes. be better. And then there's the other ones right right in lockstep almost, you know, I'm 50, not 50. I'm not saying that that so, those people don't exist. Yeah, well the the people that the the thing that really discouraged me the most was how expensive education Exactly. Got. Exactly. Well, it's been that, that's reach. something that came up with St. Ronnie of the yeah. Republican Party. Yeah. And also a of lot reach. of public schools because public schools are not perfect. I, we do need to defend them, but yeah. A lot of public schools discourage creativity and out-of-the-box thinking and don't promote STEM enough. We're starting to see that change a little bit now where we're getting actual STEM clubs and programs. But a lot of times it's sit down, shut up, memorize this material. And we've we've done a lot of comparisons between the American education system of rote memorization Mm -hmm. versus other countries that actually want you to comprehend what you've learned. Well, critical thinking we has see gone by the wayside. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and again, I'm not saying that those people don't exist where they're like, I'm, I'm the first one in my family to go to college to do this thing. But also consider that I think you hear that story the absolute most from people of color and immigrants. I don't think you hear it as much from lower class white families. No, you you still get it from lower class white families. I'm not saying that you don't. I'm saying you don't get it as much. You get it from I, I, you get it from I, I, white I immigrant you families. You get it a lot from uh, white immigrant families, you know. I I not just white immigrant families, but yeah. I you no, no, have I'm, a I'm lot sorry. of people from I, I when I said people of color and immigrants, I, I was separating the groups, but then I did go on to say lower class white families. Yeah. I mean, Ameri- uh, born in America, that kind of corn fed thing. No, actually having a lot of family from, from Kansas and Indiana yeah. and corn, Illinois corn. and yes. having, having folks that are in Nebraska. Where the corn you lives. Know, where the corn lives. Um, no, going to college is really important for a lot of those those parents for their kids because, well, unless you're on a mega farm, there's no money in this anymore. Yeah, it means a, a and there's life not going to be money that. in this. And those people, as we may may ridicule them for being a bit backward. They realize that the, the 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 farming life is dead, d e a d dead, and they want their kids to do better. They want a better life for them. That's something that almost I'm not gonna say all, but most parents want better for their kids than what they got. Are, so yeah. so take farming as much out of the equation. I'm also talking about you know anybody who works in 
in a in a more like take over the business kind of capacity who isn't somebody who maybe runs a, an upper tier company or something like that there is still a lot of pressure on their sons and daughters to only educate them enough to take over what their parents have done before them or to work in a similar field. I, I don't know how, I don't know the statistics on whether or not we're, we're chasing something that is a small percentage or a large percentage. I, I just don't know those numbers. I know that those people exist. I also know that the opposite exists. So they do. So, so between that, I got to call it a wash and say that just overall, we do have segments that, have devalued education, and we do have a few that still laud it as being being really useful. Those people that have found it super useful and have pushed themselves to go end up with $100,000 worth of debt mm-hmm. at the end, and then, oh, look, they can't find a job. Mm-hmm. Well, also, one of the things that, that has happened to a lot of folks is I know for myself, I was sold a bill of goods of, okay, you do well in school, you go to college, you get whatever degree you want, there will be a job waiting. Yeah, that was a narrative. That, that was, was the narrative. Late late 90s, that was definitely the narrative. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That, that, that was the narrative that I was sold. Yep, because that's the narrative that our parents were sold. And, and they were what? also told that the that the company that you end up in will take care of you. You'll retire from the company and you'll have a pension and it will all be great and white picket fences and all that crap. But that's, that's not, not how it worked. That's not it. No. And it's not how it worked for a lot of folks, especially my graduating yeah. class. It's mm-hmm. um, It's been intensely different. And there are so many reasons that we would just – we'll just keep talking about them over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but really, I think um, we're not going to we're not going to solve all the problems of the world tonight. Obviously, no. obviously. Um, so I'm going to have to cut this short. But this is this is an ongoing conversation that we will continue to tangent on because it is of desperate importance to us to try and figure out the world so that we can try and make it a better place before we fucking die. Did we want to touch on the visas though? Well, oh, we, by the we way, also... Israel's being awful to yeah. uh, Human Rights Watch. Yeah, I wasn't. And... I was just cutting off that topic. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but but um, quick, quick summary. Um, yeah, you know about keeping people out of country. We're kind of like really at the forefront over here in the U.S. on that. Um, yeah, Israel is denying visas to members of the Human Rights Watch, saying that they have a Palestinian agenda. Ah, the one-state solution. Yeah, uh, considering that who, who's in power over in Israel, I'm not surprised. The and Israeli foreign ministry said that the organization was not a real human rights group. Gee, doesn't that sound familiar? Fake human rights. With a foreign yeah. ministry spokesman calling it fundamentally biased and with a hostile agenda. That's because you're doing bad shit. It's because you're forcing people off their land with guns. Yeah. You're bulldozing homes. You're being evil. Capital yeah. E, evil. And yeah, they're going to call you on it. And let's, let's also face it. The UN has been starting to move towards calling Israel out for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And the UN was instrumental in making Israel exist. Yeah, but Israel doesn't want to hear it. No. And right now, they see a powerful ally in a number of people who are part of the right populist movements across the globe. Yeah. Trump is, even though he's, there's a lot of anti-Semites there, um, in that administration, Trump's an ally because, hey... He he has no love for the Palestinians. He doesn't even have an idea of a solution. I don't think he can mm-hmm. spell Palestinian. Um, and let's let's face it. Uh, if Marine Le Pen gets in office, she don't care what ha- happens to 
to people across the globe as long as it's not to French people. And, well, and not even French people, not her people. Um, you have the Brexit folks. I mean, you have the, the, the liberal side of, of British politic going, why are we still selling arms to Saudi Arabia? We've already noted them being a sponsor of terror. Why are we still selling them arms? And the current administration going, shut up and sit down. There's money to be made in prolonging the problem. There's tons of money to be made for prolonging the problem. Yeah. And for crushing the little guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Occam's razor on these things. I like to go with the simplest solution is, is usually the right one. Um, greed and avarice and, and all those motivations are, are pretty typical. They get complicated when you add geographies and long-term solutions and, and plans from not just one leader but entire nation-states for a long-term solution, you know. Uh, legacies gets really complicated. I mean, this is not a complicated tale, though. No. Trump put Kushner in charge of his Israel policy. His son-in-law, for those following along at home. Yeah. Here's the guy who's supposed to be coming up with the solution to the Middle East thing in 30 days. Um, Oh, and, and by the by, one of the most recent things Kushner has done is when he talked to some executives for the company that owns CNN. Not CNN, owns CNN. Yeah. He's going, Rupert hey, Murdoch, yeah. stop talking bad about my, my father-in-law. And this got to the people over at CNN. They go, so this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, by the by, he specifically named two of the personalities on our shows. Uh, one of whom, when she found out, just tore into him a little, even much for me, um, going, oh, boo-hoo, I'm picking on daddy money bags. Uh, I haven't even started, son. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, um, speaking of daddy money bags, uh, it was... Uh, because we're also not going to solve the Israel's, Israel problems this, tonight either. Um, the White House Correspondents Association has an <laughs> annual dinner at the White House. And, uh, All it, D.C. Yeah. Well, often it's there, I think. I think it's actually in the White House. Uh, actually, for recent years, if I remember correctly, it's usually held at a ballroom off-site. Uh, I don't know. Just because of of needing, you know, a lot of room, because this is a big room now. Yeah. Well, it seems that uh, Donald Trump took to Twitter and said that uh, he was not going to be attending the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to say everybody, you know, have a good time, basically. You know, kind of chipper, I guess. Um, this is, of course, on the heels of him disinviting certain news organizations to actually not, uh, have not press. disinviting, banning. Let's I, call I it was, what it is. I was being a little polite, you know, as in you banned you're not, you're them not welcome from here. The room. Yeah. So he's not talking to them. I would like to point out that the White House Correspondents Association was founded on February twenty fifth, nineteen fourteen by journalists in response to an unfounded rumor that a congressional committee would select which journalists could attend press conferences with of uh, President Woodrow Wilson at the time. Now, this turns it on the head a little bit, as in it's not a uh, congressional committee that would be selecting, it's actually President Trump, and it's not an unfounded rumor because it's actually happened. So the very thing that the White House Correspondents Association was founded in 1914 to do is exactly what has happened today. Yeah. 
And I'm not surprised at all that he's not going because one of the things that often happens at the correspondence dinner is usually the MC and a couple of other personalities mm-hmm. roast the president. Yeah, it's a bit of a roast. Yeah. It's a bit of a roast. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the jokes hit a little close to home, and it has for every administration. Yeah. But that's part of having the job is people are going to criticize you. And sometimes, yeah, it's going to hit close to home because it's accurate. I mean, in in the uh, correspondence dinner, that was the last one for Obama. I, I remember jokes being made about dropping bombs. Yeah. And, and Obama just going completely stone-faced while the rest of the room broke up. Um, you had Colbert actually being pulled in for while W was in office, and he let them up. But W stood there and took it. Yeah, uh, people are uh, recommending that uh, Alec Baldwin just go as Trump <laughs> and just attend in his place. I wouldn't mind if we could just do a swap right now and Trump can impersonate himself on SNL and we'll have Baldwin as Trump in the office. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm willing to try the experiment. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, mm. or, or in place of any time when he actually has to be in front of the public eye, we just do a swap because the foreign press don't know. That's true, since they've actually put Alec Baldwin's face on actual newsprint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Next so to we Netanyahu, just, yeah. For, for any time there is a foreign minister, we just swap him. Oh, wow. That, somebody would catch on. Somebody would catch on, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the impersonation is pretty spot on. Yeah, a little um, over the top, mind you, but spot on. Yeah, the, the direct quote from Donald Trump's Twitter is I will not be attending the White House Correspondents Association dinner this year. Please wish everyone well and have a great evening. Exclamation point. Now, usually also the vice president goes, is Pence going to attend? Mm, don't know. Do not know that, uh, because Pence doesn't ex- exactly uh, hit the Twitter as much. So, No surprise there. I think he thinks it involves transgenderhood. Nice. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, The Onion did a great, great article on Pence outrage to find a gender universal bathroom in home. Uh, the The last tweet from Vice President Pence, you know, at VP, was, With boundless confidence in the American people, I know that under the leadership of POTUS Trump, we will make America great again. There's a gift for you. Just this. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, and that's uh, that's pretty much going to going to do the show because we have we have other things, but obviously we've we've tangented enough. We've talked until the wee hours of the night, and uh, you know this is this is the thing that I always want to do on a weekend because I get to vent with intelligent people and have conversations that I can't have with my children yet. <laughs> and I, I no, clearly can't no, have these conversations the with soul my parents. The body. I clearly can't have have these conversations with my parents for reasons yeah, yeah yeah so um thank you all for for joining us this evening and for being out on uh, on facebook live uh thank you alex and mo and Kristen and we've got bookshelf zombie and mama van was out there just so many people actually came and joined us uh today that you know i'm, I'm really i'm really excited about that i'm glad and i hope that you all share the show with a friend because that's what this is for um there was a, a just one one real quick uh statement of how bad could it be russian ambassador un vitaly Kirkin 
dead. Diplomat dies suddenly in New York. Um, and then also uh, Kim Jong Nam was killed by VX nerve agent um, just recently as well. Not saying, of course, that there's any link between the two or Bond villainy and, you know, corruption and conspiracy theories. And I'm just going to let you draw your own conclusions on those. But those happened. Those happened. And weird times. Really keep an eye on Russian diplomats right now because if investigations happen, especially here in the States, I believe a number of individuals are going to disappear or retire. Yeah. Some of that retirement will be enforced. Oh, very (laughs) nice, very nice. That's good, that's good. Okay, so, comrades. If you've enjoyed what we've done here today, (laughs) you'd like to help us out. There are a few ways. Okay. <clears throat> you can donate to the show through patreon.com slash radio. Get early access to show content. You can help make the algorithms work for us by reviewing us on Twitter. Not on Twitter. On iTunes. <laughs> to boost our ranking. <laughs> Someplace. Ah, I got Twitter on the brain all of a sudden. Um, use your words. Tell somebody about us. And, of course, engage with us directly. Send us a message on the social medias or the electronic mails at Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're the more talkative sort, how about 470-222-6759? That's always ready to take your call or your text. And if you don't like what we've done here this evening, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The Lifeline provides free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention and crisis resources for you or your loved ones, and best practices for professionals. Thank you for choosing to waste your valuable time with us. This has been O'Reilly Radio, part of the Random Acts Company. This work is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3 United States license, including the Music Rocket and Pemgea, created by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com. Thank you very much, and we hope that you don't have to call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, but if you have to, please don't hesitate to make that call. Uh, Tell them I sent you. That's right, yeah. Maybe you'll get a discount on the operation. Who knows? So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bulk discount? Maybe if we send them all, maybe we can get a coupon code. No, I'm sorry. That's that's all wrong. All of that's wrong. It's that didn't free. happen. I know. Shh. Anyway. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week. They'll pay you. They'll pay you? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, don't take legal advice from a podcast. That's a, that's a discount that <laughs> when it's free and then it goes into negatives and that they'll pay you. That'd be nice. Are you one of those clippers, the coupon clippers? Super coupons? No. no? Okay, yeah, me either. All right. See you all next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.